This is Finnegan Rowe on the Ultimate Unofficial VeggieTales podcast, the number one fan podcast for those who still like to talk to tomatoes. I'm here today with Henry Haggard, voice of Chog Norius from Mac Larry and the Stinky Cheese Battle. How's it going? It's going great. How are you, Finn? I'm doing good. Doing good. So happy to have you on the show. This is Thank one of the episodes I um watched for years, you know, and I've always liked it. And just recently, I kind of looked into, you know, some of the, the behind the scenes stuff of the episode, you know. Because I've right. always I've always loved the voice for Chug Norris. Reminded me so much of the the Hatcher and the Dragon movies, you know. Oh, and I was like, I wonder, I wonder who's doing the voice, you know. Um, so I've been looking into your stuff, and it's really impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Can we hear a little bit of Chug before we even get going? Ah, sure. You know, they called me up, the VeggieTales people, and they they said, "Can you do a Scottish dialect?" And I said, "Sure, I can." <laughs> I love it. That makes me so happy. <laughs> All right, Ian, here's our theme song. If you love your veggies and want more to know, then I've got for you a spectacular show. We'll be giving you back with lyrical rhyme and bringing in guests for the lot of the time. If you search for your hair and have cheeseburgers too, then I'm happy to say we got a show for you. So, how did you get into the acting industry to begin with? Like, this is, you know, obviously pre-VeggieTales. You've done a lot more than just Mac Larry. Um, so, how did, you, how did you first break into this? I, w- I was a streamlined kid. So, when I was five years old, I was watching old television shows that you might not even have heard of, uh, but Bewitched, which was a movie. Bewitched. I love Bewitched. Yes, Darren yeah. and Samantha. Oh, yeah. And that, and I was like five when those were, were coming out, and and I watched them, and I and I just went, I, I, I don't know if I wanted to be magic or if I just wanted to be on TV, but but I said, I want to do that. And my parents were like, well, that's not real, you know, when you're five. You don't understand. But I said, I want to be an actor when I realized what it was. So uh, I was telling people that, as early as like sixth grade, I was gonna. I said I want to be an actor. Uh, it sometimes vacillated between that and stand up comic, but uh, I did a little stand up comedy way back in the eighties, and uh, it was not for me. No. <laughs> but I started doing uh, what a lot of you, you people, you young people are still doing, is you get involved with a school play. And I had a couple of mentors who pulled me aside, and I sing as well. Excuse oh, me. Yeah. Um, so I, I would be if they needed somebody to sing, and I wasn't shy. I was the youngest of four children. And so I was often put front and center to entertain uh, my siblings uh, being the youngest and, and a little bit of a cut up. So it was kind of a natural bent. When I go back, I never realized that until later in my 20s, 30s, I was looking at old high school uh, yearbooks where people had signed and they said, good luck in your career as an actor. And I was going, wow, I don't remember telling people <laughs> that I was going to be an actor. But once I discovered that you could major in theater, I signed up. Uh, at the University of Kentucky. I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky. And I uh, signed up at the University of Kentucky mostly to get my mom off my back. I really didn't want to go to college. Um, and I started school and I just absolutely fell in love with it. I sat down in a class with uh, Professor Wallace Briggs and he did a quote from Shakespeare. And I I had read Shakespeare, of course, in high school. But when I heard him perform it, I was mesmerized and, and bitten by the bug, so to speak. And so I knew that was my destiny. This is something I fell into, and I unfortunately have very few other skills. <laughs> oh no, that singing though, Mac Larry was so good. And he oh, sings, you know, I like to break things. <laughs> yes, to break things. <laughs> um, so good. We uh, well, it's interesting because the VeggieTales. What happened with me with VeggieTales was um, was interesting because it it kind of fell in my lap. I didn't technically audition for it, um, although I did. I mean, it, but it was really it was. I got an email from a friend of a friend who worked with uh, Mike uh, and those guys. And and Mike Noricki is the 
person that I mostly knew that's actually, you know, that was a voice of uh, Larry the Cucumber and, and et cetera, lots of other voices. They do a lot of their own voices, but apparently they weren't comfortable with uh, Scottish dialect. So they, they called me up, uh, well, sent me an email and I didn't talk to anybody until I showed up at the studio, which was so interesting. It was one of the first gigs like that because it showed up in my email. Um, they asked me if I would record. They gave me like just a little treatment of the script, like a page and a half. And it was all Chog Norris and the songs, but I didn't know how the songs went. And it was different voices in there. So I, I got cocky and I recorded all the voices, all in Scottish, but different Scottish dialects, different characters. And I made up music <laughs> to the thing. And I sent it to them. And 10 minutes later, I got a, a reply back and said, it's you're you're on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's awesome. And, the rest is history. I, I showed up uh, Paragon Studios, I think, is where they uh, uh, recorded those back in the day. Um, I'm not sure if they're still there or not. That's over in Cool Springs, not too far from my house, 20 miles or so. Um, really nice studio. Really. And here's the thing. I'm an old guy, so I, I really, VeggieTales is not my generation. Um, I had friends who had children, so the first time and the only time I ever saw VeggieTales was sort of in the peripheral of, you know, children sitting and watching TV. What is that? And I watched and thought it was clever and funny and, you know, didn't think much else about it until that. So once I booked it, I had to sit down and watch a bunch of Veggie Tales. <laughs> there you go. Just binge it. Yes. And it's easy to do. That's awesome. Easy. Yeah. It's a good show. I've heard so many people, adults, who say it's just, it's very easy to watch, you know, compared to other children's shows, you know. And no hate yeah. on the other children's yeah. shows, obviously, but it's just, it's, you know. They they really work hard on their scripts. They are extremely professional. Um, the what I recorded, I, I think I recorded well, and I did I did three different episodes. Um, uh, the Shog was the main one, and then I was Oliver Onion, and I don't remember which episode or what season, but uh, I'm also Oliver Onion. Oliver Onion, I should know that name. <laughs> I, mean, I, I should I know, know that. My resume. <laughs> Let me look that up. Oliver Onion. Um, and then uh, I was the Christmas special that same year. And I don't remember what year it was. I was the narrator, but I got preempted because they got a celebrity voice to, to do that. And what was so sweet was is they called me and they were so apologetic. And, and understand, I still got paid for my work that I did with them. But they called me and said, you're not going to be on the Christmas special now. We, we hired, you know. Um, uh, a celebrity voice and I said oh that's okay you know I, I didn't care and the celebrity voice I understood totally um, if you're curious it was Uncle Cy <laughs> that's such a good one that's such a good one I think you could have done that though you know get Chog narrating Mary Larry I, what I said was uh, I'm, I will not deign to compete with Uncle Cy <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go he did a good job he did a good job but I think thank he would have too thank you I can't find Oliver Onion. I feel so stupid not knowing who that is because it's like I've I followed this franchise so thoroughly for so long. Well, it's possible it never aired. Um, that that happens occasionally with productions like that. They record episodes they don't ever use. Um, but uh, it's it's on my resume for sure. And uh, and I remember recording it as well. <laughs> Do you remember the name of the episode? I don't. No, oh, I don't. Uh what happened and I just remember being all right how do I because it wasn't a dialect at all it was just a reg, you know my regular voice and I can't remember what why they thought of me because they could do so many of their own voices they all they use their in-house people um Mike and, and all those guys 
and they would only usually call people in um, if they got stumped. Um, I, I, is what I assume. I don't know. They didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> they were always so nice too. That's the other thing is that I, I don't think I'd ever worked with with uh, a nicer crew, treated like royalty. They, you know, the the studio is very nice. That you know, it's all blah. and state of the art technical stuff, recording. And I had never done. Uh, voiceover match to a cartoon because I had to come in and do a whole day of just special effects, basically of, of grunting and and heaving stuff, you know, all the workout <laughs> stuff. Um, but they had a wonderful uh, engineer who I still work with sometimes, uh, Sarah Voorhees, uh, Sarah Voorhees Wendell now. And she was amazing. And the way the broadcast booth was, I was in this, you know, windowed booth, sound booth. I could see her computer as she as she worked. And man, it was amazing because I saw all the stuff she was doing and she worked so incredibly fast. So I was only there like for Chog, maybe four or five hours. Oh, for the whole show? Oh, yeah. Wow. I might have come back in for a second session where I did those pickups. But other than that, yeah, I wasn't there very long at all. That's what's so amazing is, you know, re recording people work so fast. And of course, with voice acting, you you have the script generally in front of you. You're not you're not counted to memorize. And that's, that consumes a lot of time is memorization. Um, so you try to familiarize as much as you can with the, with the, with the script and you bring it in, but you absolutely have it on a music stand in front of you. Wow. That's actually really cool. Cause I've always thought I'm like when they do the voice acting session, I thought it took like days or weeks or whatever, just coming into the studio, it, just trying different uh, things, you know, it can. Um, but for the most part with stuff like that, especially is they'll record you and they'll get, they'll get a lot of, um, uh, of even wild stuff, you know, of recording you making different noises. And then they'll, now with the technology, they can pull from any of that. And, but they'll call you up though too and say, can you come in and do pickups? Um, which VeggieTales did sparingly, but they did, they did, they did have me come in and, and record, you know, <laughs> it was Chong falling everywhere, you know, so I did a great Scottish accent, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Like when the sheep go that like the vacuum cleaner or whatever and knocks them into the tree, that type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> such a good episode too honestly and VeggieTales yeah. is is very different nowadays like they've recasted all the original voice actors and all that stuff I'm not sure if you've seen all that um but yes. the people behind it are still really nice people you know they are they um I, I don't know anything about the details of it I know that they sold uh the company basically and so Mike is doing other stuff now um I know because he's working with friends of mine um and I don't see them regularly but I did just send a message uh, because I mentioned this doing your podcast and I mentioned that to a friend and they said, Oh, I'm working with Mike right now. And I can't remember the project. I don't know if they're, if they're saying what it is yet. So he's working. It's an animated project though. Is it, um, Dead Sea Squirrels maybe? It is the Dead Sea Squirrels. That is what it is. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. So bad about not saying it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a good show. I've been looking into that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will be. They're, they're very creative. Mike is extremely tall and funny. Uh, <laughs> he is he is yes i love him i've tried to to contact him i can't seem to find the best way to to reach um, him he's he's a hard guy to get a hold of and he's just so profoundly busy oh i'm sure i'm sure yeah. he's got so a lot busy. going on yeah and i'm not sure even what mike's age is but he's i don't he's not even close to retirement i don't think so he he's they hit the ground running they sold veggie tails and they he started other stuff immediately oh yeah he just keeps going he keeps going Yep, the industry. Cool. The industry needs Mike Naraki. <laughs> Absolutely, and they need Henry Haggard. Obviously, <laughs> I love I the stuff. <laughs> I love the stuff you do. So, um, 
off the topic of VeggieTales now, like I said, I was watching Mac Larry, watching the end credits. I looked up your name and your profile and all that stuff online. What's some of the, like, you know, for those who don't know, because obviously I've looked into it, uh, what are some of the other movies you've acted in and what's been your experience with those? Well, uh, the biggest thing of note, the biggest star I ever worked with uh, was uh, Robin Williams um, in a film called Boulevard. Uh, it is mature subject matter. Um, just a, a warning to anybody who goes and checks it out. Um, I, I play Robin Williams' boss at a bank as he's going through a uh, identity crisis, I, I essentially would describe it. Um, it's a very depressing movie in some ways, although it's also uplifting in, in some others, uh, as you might imagine. But it explores a very seedy uh, part of life, um, to, and it explores our culture a little bit. It's also got... Uh, Two other, uh, uh, oh man, Bob Odenkirk is in it. And uh, I didn't have any scenes with Bob Odenkirk, but I got to meet him, which was cool. That is cool. Uh, I had uh, five scenes in total in the movie. Um, uh, and with Robin Williams, three of those scenes were with Robin Williams. So I got to spend essentially 20 some odd hours spaced out over three days with Robin Williams. <laughs> that is awesome. He was a childhood hero of mine. Um, and so, which I never told him at all because it was a very professional situation. The, the thing about Robin was, is they brought me to set the very first day. And the, the weird thing about this is I didn't have an agent for a long time. I come from a line of uh, mostly live theater. Um, and when you're doing live theater and you're working steadily, you don't have time to do other stuff really. And so for a good 10, 15 years, I was doing some recorded stuff, but only when I didn't have theater work. And I was fortunate enough to be employed so much. Anyway, I stopped doing so much theater and I got an agent. And the very first gig they sent me out on was for Boulevard. <laughs> that is awesome. I booked it. Um, it's it's a lot of, I'm SAG-AFTRA and, and the rules with SAG-AFTRA, which I won't pretend I understand all of them. But part of that is, is they have they have to hire a local. Um, and I was on, I fit the specs for that. I was a local actor. And I didn't know how local because when they shot it, they shot it literally walking distance from my house. Oh, wow, that is so cool. Uh, yeah, in that that we were shooting in the summer, and I don't remember if it was May or June, but around then, May or June of 2013, uh, I uh, got up, walked out of my house, walked two blocks, and sat in a trailer with Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, man! What a memory, to say the least. Um, and uh, we we. Sh sat down and we immediately hit it off. I introduced myself, he introduced himself. And I said, would you like to run lines? And he said, he went, yes. <laughs> and so we started running lines uh, and being actors together, which was really, really cool. Uh, and he, of course he's, Robin Williams is amazing. There was a couple of surreal moments where, you know, we were rehearsing for camera and I have a scene where a very intense scene where I'm, you know, his boss and kind of hammering him. And I was looking at his face and in my brain, all I could think of was, you know, I've known who Robin Williams was since the eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm yelling at him right now. <laughs> it, it was impossible. It was impossible. <laughs> right. But I didn't I didn't let that show. And uh, I kept going. So and it got it got normal in a weird way. There you go. There you go. Just going to put that in a different category. So this isn't Robin Williams. This is a character in a movie who I'm yelling at, you know. And so uh, after that, you know, well, before that. <laughs> I spent lots of time in the local theater here in Nashville, a lot with Nashville Children's Theater and uh, part of their creative team, uh, a lot with uh, what was called then the Tennessee Repertory Theater, and then a lot with a theater up north in my home state of Kentucky, uh, uh, Horse Cave Theater, who became Kentucky Repertory Theater. 
all of the, I don't work for any of those theaters much anymore. Uh, Kentucky Repertory Theater, unfortunately, uh, expired uh, 2012-ish. Uh, and that was very sad because it was a, a professional theater that existed in a very small town in Kentucky. It should not have existed ever, but it lasted 35 years. So oh, that's wow. a, Yeah. And, uh, but all that time I've been auditioning for stuff. I've been parts of a couple of series with uh, the United Methodist Publishing House. Uh, which are all in-house stuff. They're not, you can buy the videotapes and things like that online, but they were Bible educational series, um, um, that that kind of work. Uh, I am not uh, a religious person myself, uh, but I happily, uh, especially if the message, message is positive and, and upbeat, um, I'm happy to be a part of, of, of any of those process. And they've been very good to me here. So I do VO work um, with the Methodists as well, reading books, um, not on a regular basis, but they call me when they, they need an old guy voice. <laughs> um, well, and actually that's also accent work. I, I, I've recorded three books in an English accent oh, awesome. uh, for an Australian writer. Um, and it caused lots of confusion because they called me and they said, we want you to do, and my voice tape has got, you know, every dialect I can possibly do, which is, you know, a few. Um, I probably have solid in my back pocket, about 25 dialects. And so I had to make sure I was going, wait, the writer's Australian, but you want an English accent? And they were like, yeah, correct. And I was like, all right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What, English? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, well, uh, it's an interesting uh, accent to do. So they wanted, uh, not super formal, but they wanted um, your standard English, you know, talking points, uh, elucidating all the words and and speaking more in, you know, highbrow. So it wasn't Courtney where you would talk like this and sound a little bit more like Michael Caine, <laughs> you know, so that kind of thing. I love this. So you know someone's good at doing accents when you can't tell that they're doing a voice. It just sounds like that's them, you know? Like if you had come on the podcast doing that voice, I would have thought you were, you know. Oh, I've done <laughs> before. Uh, I started doing that as a kid. I was a big Monty Python fan. And so I would... Uh, uh, you know, try to date girls by convincing them I was English. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, that could work. That could work. I should look into that. <laughs> it was far more successful than it should have been. <laughs> oh, was it really? All right, then I'm taking note of that. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you have to tell them you're not because they're going to meet your family. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, eventually, eventually you have to let them know. <laughs> really from England, actually, love. I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> so how often do people approach you about VeggieTales specifically? Because obviously you've done works like more prominent than VeggieTales. I would assume people know more about the Robin Williams movie, you know? Uh, it's on the IMDb. If you can pay attention to that, it's it's certainly the most interesting thing. For the work that I audition for now, although a lot of people, it's funny, especially because it's now VeggieTales has been around, I don't know how many years, 20 some odd years? Almost 30, yeah. Almost 30, yeah. Uh, so it's in several of your childhood, you know, memories and stuff. And so a lot of times people, they get, they'll see uh, VeggieTales in, um, in my resume and that'll be what they ask about. Uh, I mean, certainly they ask about Robin Williams, but, but <laughs> VeggieTales will come up a lot, surprisingly amount of time actually. Awesome. Um, yeah. And I, and I love that very much. It's, it's kind of cool. Cause yeah, boy, uh, I one time read an interview with the voice actors from the Simpsons, all, all of them. Um, oh, that's cool. One of my, one of my favorite shows. Oh, yeah. And it's been, I was young, not a kid, but since I was young. And I remember when it started and I thought, Oh my gosh, I hope this never goes away. <laughs> and so far I've gotten my wish. 
but I read an interview with all of them and they, it's so, the, the, they just talk about their days and working. And I thought that's amazing because one of the, one of the downsides for, for me about live theater and, and recording or whatever in front of a camera is that you have to worry about what you're wearing. <laughs> you have to worry about how you look. And, you know, if I play a character, it's more like me, which is kind of sloppy. I'm in heaven. But if I, I play a lot of uh, um, rich people up a crust, you know, sort of chaps, and you have to dress a certain way. So I wear, you know, tuxes and stuff like that. Can't stand it. And I thought, what a great thing to voice act full time, especially with something as iconic as The Simpsons, is you just show up to work in your sweats. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You're behind the microphone. They don't see you. You go, you know, the, the only thing that can screw you over with, uh, with voice acting is uh, allergies or if you get a cold or, you know, a frog in your throat or whatever. Um, that could be. But that also messes with a, any kind of recorded performance as well. So, you know. That does. Yeah, I do. I goof off and do like voice impressions and stuff online all the time. I could not hit a high pitch for like two straight weeks because I had a cold. <laughs> so anytime I tried to do it, my voice would just go silent. My mouth would just be moving and nothing was nothing oh, was coming out. <laughs> worst, absolute worst. It is Cracker Barrel. I don't, I'm sure they have Cracker Barrels where you oh, are. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They're everywhere now, aren't they? They used to sell the uh, Slippery Elm. Um, I'm not familiar with I, that. I don't know if they still sell or not, but Slippery Elm. They're little lozenges that they used to sell at crack. I, I could only find them at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and I'm not sure if it was just a psychological effect, but I would, uh, when I was having voice troubles, especially when I had to perform and do many performances live, um, where I talked a lot, my voice would go out frequently, especially if you're doing rotating rep, where you're running three different shows at the same time. And if you've got big roles in all those shows, it means you work six nights a week, full tilt, you know, the voice. And so I would get those slippery elms and pop them back. And I swear they could heal your voice almost immediately. I have to look into those. I hope they're still around. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm taking notes of that. And of course, you know, the, the English accent and the girls and write that down too. <laughs> I learned some stuff here. <laughs> All righty. Um, so the the last question I have to ask you, and then I want to hear a little bit more of Chog. That just makes me so happy. <laughs> All right. Um, did you get a chance to meet... I'm guessing when you were doing the voices for Mac Larry, you were in studio with Mike Naraki. Is that right? I was with Mike, but that's because Mike was directing it. Okay, but you didn't meet Phil Vischer or the other voice actors? Um, so it, it's interesting because that kind of work, uh, you know, there's standards, sorry. There's standards within the industry when you're shooting a film, for example. And, and you you know, I don't know if you know this or not. So if I'm if you do, uh, I apologize if I if I sound condescending. I'm not trying to. No, you're, um, you're good. Go for it. And then, and I, well, I'm saying this too because I I'm mostly from theater. I I am you know within the last decade or two being educated on a lot of stuff. And film culture keeps changing and progressing. Um, so now with technology, there's a whole new vocabulary as well. But anyway, stand-ins, which I you know I'd heard the term stand-in. I kind of knew what it was. You know, it's it's somebody who stands in for an actor. But what I didn't realize was the primary function of a stand-in is to stand in um, for you for the camera while the camera guys do their jobs and everything. So Boulevard was one of the first times I ever had uh, had a stand-in. And in fact, I, this guy was following me around and I it was a very funny exchange because I said, he introduced himself and said, I'm your stand-in. And I said, well, what are you doing right now? And he goes, well, I'm going to go in your office and sit where you're going to be sitting. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> but I still stand. I was a little irritated. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be i'm not i'm not familiar with the term so that is interesting <laughs> um so i'm sorry what was your question 
um, like how many of the the people doing ah, voices in VeggieTales did you get to meet? Yes, I'm so sorry. So that stand, th this is just an interesting side note first, is that like if I'm shooting a scene with you um, and and the camera's on you, I'll stay there with you even though I'm not on camera and do our scene because I want our scene to be good. Um, some actors don't do that. And sometimes if you can be cast with stars, the more powerful a person is, they don't have to be there at all. They can just, they can go sit in their trailer. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you know, and fair enough. Um, Robin Williams was there on the other side of the camera. Every time you see me talking, I'm talking Robin Williams because he never, he never left. And of course I never left for him either. And I, I was really impressed by that. So that being said, but in voice acting, a lot of the times you don't meet anybody else. So they'll read in the other characters. Now, sometimes if you're recording last, you get to hear their performances, but they have not heard yours or vice versa. You're recording and you've just got engineers and, and director filling in the other voices. So with VeggieTales, because Mike also voiced, you know, so anytime I was with a character that he voiced, I got to work with him live, which was awesome. But there would be probably, so it was about half and half because he does, did about half the voices. So the other half weren't there or they were pre-recorded. Okay. All right. I always imagined when people did voice acting, because obviously I'm not, you know, I don't know too much about it. I imagine they were all like, you know, on video call or in the same booth or something, just like going off each other. Cause I feel like that would make it easier, you know? Yeah. And that does happen. Um, that has not happened much with me. I just shot a film, uh, um, just, uh, two weeks ago, uh, shot, uh, a film here in Nashville called clone cops. Um, it's not yet released. It'll probably be about another year. And, um, I had I play a character who's in a you know working on a computer a lot. I'm a mad scientist. Oh, that's and I'm cool. Here <laughs> a lot, and you know they different camera angles for me talking to people on video. And so I asked if those if we could have those actors on set because I wanted to hear their reads. So we did a read through before, and when it was possible, I was there for them and they were there for me. But unfortunately, it wasn't possible several days. So. Some days it just had to be crew reading those lines in while they recorded me. Um, and I miss that a lot. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, the, the, it's hard to define the unique back and forth between two actors. And, but we know it when we see it. And film, you know, you notice it better live, actually, when you watch two actors really connect on a stage. But when you watch uh, actors connect on film, we also know it then, too. And almost nine times out of 10, I can almost tell you if the actor was actually, you know, what space they were in, was that person actually there? And, you know, usually the better performances, those actors were right there working off each other. You can tell the energy is simpatico. Yeah, um, yeah. it kind of gets the tone of voice and all that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, because I know when, whenever the Netflix series for VeggieTales, I'm, I'm pretty sure, because uh, I listen to a lot of interviews, you know, with the people. Uh, right. was Tress McNeil, Rob Paulson, Phil Vischer, Mike Naraki doing like all the voices for the entire series. And I think they're all just like on video meetings the entire time. Like I don't think they ever met in studio. Uh, that's probably true with those guys. Um, they all live, most of them live near each other. I know that because they were talking, when I asked, I was asked where people live, where do you live? And they're down near the, closer to the studio, which is, you know, in another town, but very close by to Nashville. And, um, when I thought that was really cool that they've known each other that long, but they all kind of live close by and, and still hung out socially. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's cool too. You're in a creative process, a creative marriage is what I would call it, uh, for that many years. 
and you still speak to one another, that's a really good sign. <laughs> I think so too. I think so too. Uh, Phil Fisher and Mike Rocky always really clicked, you know, because after like 30 years and all the, the craziness VeggieTales has been through, they're still friends, which is nice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool. I know they're actually recorded in studio when they did the um the TBN series, if you're familiar with the VeggieTales show. Kind of. Yeah, Look, they did they did like a reboot back in 2019 and they were yeah. in studio recording together, which is cool. That is very cool. But I was just mad that Chog wasn't in it. I'm just being honest. <laughs> right. I really <laughs> I want them to bring it back so badly. Uh, well, I, you know, I stood by for the call. When it changed hands, I actually, my agent, I got it. I had gotten an agent and I said, uh, I lost my contact there, the person that I knew. Um, and then Mike and those guys were gone. And I said, well, resubmit me. And they did. And, you know, it's just one of those things. You fall through the cracks. With stuff like that, if they can save money, um, because it's, it's also unionized now, too. It wasn't union the first one I did, and it unionized during that. And actually, I transitioned to the union about the same time. Um, and the union, it's, it's interesting because they paid very, very well, uh, almost to union standard before they went union, So, which is always a good sign, too. Um, but once it went union, it was uh, – that means you're, you're – that's when you get cut in for a piece of the pie, right? Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> you start getting a taste. Um, it's, well, it's just business, right? And uh, it's one of those things. It becomes a harder thing to book uh, when that happens because there's so they keep stuff in house as much as they can, uh, and it's it's unfortunately it a lot of times becomes about money. Yeah, that's just, that's just a fact fact of the industry. It's it's amazing now because we can do stuff that's so much cheaper. I shot a horror film uh, back in uh, December called uh, Octo Games, which is actually out now. Oh, awesome! I'll look into that. Yeah, Octogame, the Octogames. Um, I play a terrible person. Um, but the, the studio that that backed that film and the guy that shot it, uh, they work on on hardly any budget at all. It's it's most of their budget is paying actors. Uh, everything else I think he was beg borrowing and stealing, and it was amazing what he could get away with uh, for that. Um, but at the same time, you know, he had a state-of-the-art camera, brilliant camera that was incredibly light sensitive. So he didn't have to invest a lot in a gaffing department. Um, he had uh, a really good microphone and basically he, he recorded us with a boom mic the whole time. We did not wear body mics at all. And that's, that is not, that's happened before, but usually they want to get all the coverage they can. So they'll put a body mic on you. They'll uh, cover you with a boom and they'll get you to do wild sometimes where you just go over and just do uh, ADR for a, uh, for the scene you just did just say all the lines you just said so they've got those all clean if they need them to uh to to cover them in the edit uh and that guy worked so economically like that that we, he would record we would record with the boom no body mics but we would do coverage adr of the entire scene um i was always so impressed with that but it's cool but it's cool i love that a yeah. lot of a lot of different ways to do it you know and some are more efficient than others but that sounds like a good method yeah and this is nothing against like current VeggieTales, current being like within like sure. this year, this year, I guess. But there sure. was, I do feel like there was a lot more heart and soul. Like in Mac Larry, that's such a good episode. The animation's so good. The voice acting is obviously great. The songs are good. You know, now they're doing like a podcast type of thing. So it's, it's not animated currently. And I spoke yeah. to the people at VeggieTales Official just yesterday. They're very active on Instagram. Um, and I was messaging back and forth with uh, an intern or an employee or something working there. And they said they do have projects in the works so that, you know, looking forward to seeing what those are. Um, 
but I do but, miss uh, I do miss the days of VeggieTales when they were like full animated films, you know. Yeah, that yeah, was something special about that. Yeah, that, well, those guys they started it. I don't know all the details of their backstory, of course, but but uh, I know they started it out of a very heartfelt belief in it, um, and that that often will denote something you. It's again sort of undefinable. It's very esoteric. You just kind of know it when you see it or you hear it. Um, and it's nothing against, you know, people who take over franchises like that at all. I, I've, you know, original series now that have had reboots, and I can't think of a recent example exactly. Um, but, well, the Connors that came from Roseanne, that sitcom, which was a sitcom way back in the day. And we, we still watch it. And I said, part of it was just out of comfort, but it's not the same show anymore. Obviously, she's not on it anymore. But, but um, it's not the same show, although it's the same writing style and the same actors who played those characters, but it's evolved. And that happens to all of us though. We as human beings are not the same person we were, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, two years ago, you know. That's true. That's one thing I try to think too. Whenever, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> whenever I'm, um, whenever I'm, you know, looking at the current VeggieTales stuff, I, I try to think, you know, this is going to be someone's classic eventually, you know. Like the stuff I grew up with is special to me, but this podcast, you know, people are going to get used to that. And I know the whole way it went down was Phil and Mike. I won't get into all that stuff. Uh, I think as far as I'm concerned, they should still be working on the show. Um, yeah. And I don't think that's their fault, but there are still dedicated people working with what they have and they're still doing good stuff. And as far as I'm concerned, that's still a good thing. Absolutely. And VeggieTales was very, very good to all of them. It, was. You know I mean. <laughs> it was. It definitely was. I <laughs> said that one more time. It cut out. They live very good lives. They did. They did, yeah. for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you remember the song from Mac Larry that Chog sings? No. No, that's all right. <laughs> I was going to have you do it. I keep singing it to my sister and driving her nuts. <laughs> like, if I like to break things, rip them in half, I'll shave off your chest hair if it's good for a laugh. Do you remember that one? No, no, <laughs> no I didn't it's so good. So funny, because music memory is is you know pretty pretty uh, profound. It's better than you know just memorizing and stuff. But I, I do so much stuff that I have done performances that somebody will know that I can't remember even doing uh, live performances sometimes too, where I'm like, oh, I guess I did do that, but I was doing five other things at the same time. Uh, that's so awesome that you do. Well, that's actually funny. I was talking to Phil Vischer on Twitter, just like not like really going back and forth much, but someone had tweeted to him a picture of like a Bob the Tomato balloon and like a parade. And it was yeah. a screenshot from an episode where that was in the background. And they messaged him and they said, I don't I don't remember this episode. What is it? And he was like, I have no idea what that is. And I was like, wait, I know what it is. <laughs> it was from the, the Gideon Tuba Warrior episode, if you've seen that one. Right. Um, and so well, I messaged back and Phil Vischer was like, oh, I forgot You've been watching VeggieTales all your life? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and it's interesting because your your child memory, and you're obviously not a child anymore, but your child memory um, is so much stronger than your adult memory. It's, it's, it's uh, I've done shows with children who will know every line that everybody says, like eight, oh, you know, wow. nine, they will know every line of everything in the play. They're obsessed with it. Um, when you're lucky enough to know as an adult actor to know your own lines. <laughs> Hopefully you know your own lines and, and whatever. But it's always interesting to me too what we retain. I remember stuff from my childhood that, you know, that songs of 
for me, it was uh, Captain Kangaroo. Uh, uh, and a little bit, I, I was a little old for, uh, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, Thinking Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. I was trying to call him Mr. Robinson, which was the parody that uh, Eddie, Mur Eddie Murphy did. <laughs> <laughs> Rogers. I came in on the tail end of that, and I'm too, I was too, a little too old for uh, Sesame Street. Um, but all of those are still iconic in my brain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are all good shows. Yep. And like I was saying, classic children's shows, there is something special about that, but the modern stuff will still be classic to people one day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank, thank you so much for making time to come on here. This has been really, really great. Thank you, Finn. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed myself. Absolutely. You think Chog could sign us out? Absolutely. Please be sure to watch this show on YouTube. On YouTube, yes. On YouTube. <laughs> it's great. I love this. That is so good. That is so good. I swear. It's just so surreal. Like somebody whose voice I have in a DVD on my shelf upstairs is talking to me right now, you know? <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I really, really appreciate you joining. It means a lot to me. Thank you, Finn. I appreciate you asking me. Absolutely. This has been Finnegan Rowe on the Ultimate Unofficial Veggie Tales podcast with Henry Haggard, Chog Norris, and we'll see you all next time.